Good morning. Welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone, and my guest today is Andy Neary. For those of you that have been tuning into our, my series for a while, you know that Recipe for Success ties two of the things that I love most together, the love of cooking and baking with the love of business. One of the things I discovered over time is that they both have something in common. There's always a key ingredient or technique that it takes for everything to turn out just right. So I've been having a lot of fun talking to business leaders and finding out what their key ingredient in their recipe for success is. And I'm super excited to have Andy Neary with me today. He has uh, his hand, his fingers in a lot of different pots. Um, he is most well known for his major league mindset. Um, I've gotten to know Andy pretty well over the last few months, and um, he just brings so much to the table. So welcome, Andy, and um, introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Nancy. No, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, Andy Neary. Uh, been in the health insurance industry for 18 years. And today, that journey through my insurance career through a lot of failure, Nancy, <laughs> um, and, and a lot of ups and downs has led me to where I am today, which is helping insurance advisors shine on stage, on screen, and on social media. And it started when Amy and I, you know, real quick, Amy and I moved to Colorado in 2014. I went to work uh, selling insurance for an independent agency here who had no marketing plan. And I'm now, I was in a market, nobody knew who I was. And so I had to build a brand. I had to be able to craft a message for the right audience and then be able to share that message faster, farther, and wider than my competition. And really what it led me is down the path of, holy cow, when, you know, when you can put yourself on stage to the channel of public speaking or, you know, being in that boardroom with the, the CFO and the CEOs and the decision makers or showing up on social media as you do yourself, good things happen. And so many advisors and agencies need that help today. Oh, absolutely. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be a participant in your um, current program, the Broken broker branding academy and i have to say i have taken more out of it than i would have ever anticipated so i just i think that what you're doing is such a vital skill set that people are going to need to learn to continue to thrive as the business environment changes yeah i agree and first you know when i when i knew you were signing up i was actually honored i'm like okay nancy's signing up i got to step up my game here um but you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I was just having this conversation with uh, another advisor on his show yesterday. Let's be honest. When it comes to insurance and the ideas of branding and marketing, our industry is behind the times. And I think the advisors like you, others I see out there and I've had the chance to work with that are putting themselves out there. Look what you're doing here with LinkedIn Live, Nancy. You're creating a little media company. That's how you win business today. It's people getting to know you and like you and putting yourself on camera is one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, it's scary at first, but there's definitely a lot of um, impact to that. Okay, we already have our first comment. Kareem Cade says, Andy Neary in the house. <laughs> oh boy, See, now talk about somebody else. I've got to step up my game now because I know Kareem. If you, awesome. By the way, I'm going to make a quick plug, Nancy, if I can. If anybody ever needs an advisor for a speaking gig, who has more energy than you will ever see, 
see that man that just made that comment right there, Kareem Cade. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to connect with Kareem because oh. I didn't know anybody could have more energy with it than you. No, when no, it no. Came Kareem, to Kareem is I I, had, I was fortunate to have Kareem speak uh, to actually our our uh, mindset summit last fall for the academy. Um, and holy cow. Yeah. You want to talk about a guy who lights you on fire. That man does. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So I have a whole bunch of topics to get into, but I do have an important housekeeping item that I need to bring up. And that is, I know for sure that my biggest fan, my mother is watching us this morning and it's her birthday. So we want to give, we want to give a shout out to Judy. Happy birthday, Judy. That is awesome. Power social media. Even your mom can tune in. Yes. Even my mom can tune in. So I love it. She, she carves out time every Thursday morning to, 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 to watch and then give me some feedback. So I love it. Okay. So um, the topic of this one was branding baseball and beliefs or belief mm. system. Mm. So we just briefly touched on branding and we're going to come back to it, but let's take a step back. Oh, see, had to throw it up there. This is mom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, let's take a step back to baseball because that's really yeah. where it all started for you. Yeah. So tell everybody, Oh, see mom, mom's getting the love. Even cream is giving wishing her happy birthday. Um, let's take a step back to your baseball career. And because I believe that's kind of what you had imagined that your whole career trajectory was going to be. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we all have childhood dreams, right? And when I speak on stage, I ask, I ask that question in the audience every time, what was your childhood dream? You know, for many, it might've been astronaut, might've been teacher, nurse, you know, police officer, you name it. Most of us didn't end up there, right? In our industry, most of us did not get in this by design. And for me, it was playing ba professional baseball. I grew up in a baseball household and I got this close. And for me, you know, I think everybody's story of their life can be defined in one word. For me, it was average. And what I mean by that is I'm five foot nine. I am literally the average height of a male in this country. I did not throw hard as a pitcher in baseball. Um, I did not run fast athletically. I was averaged from a skill perspective, if you, if you want me to be honest. But when I was on the field, there was one thing that was not average. And that was this. And I think for anybody, Nancy, who's been in that spot where whatever it is you do for a living or what it is you do so well, when you get in that spot, you feel unstoppable. For me, it was on the mound until I got the chance to play professional baseball. And so I signed a free agent contract with the Milwaukee Brewers, was sent out to Helena, Montana. And when I got to pro baseball, a lot of things shift at, in the professional, at, in the professional sports because it's now a business. It's not just a hobby, a passion. It's a business. And you got to see that side of the, of the sport. And for me, what happened was I started comparing myself to everybody else. So here I am a free agent comparing myself to guys who signed for millions of dollars. I allowed others to judge my talent because you get judged every day in sports via stats, right? Your stats are literally compared to your teammates. And that was the other thing that was a shift was you're actually in competition with everybody on the field in minor league baseball. You and your teammates are all trying to get promoted. The coaches are trying to get promoted. The umpires are trying to get promoted. And so it's so easy to get judged and compare. And then the worst part of it as a free agent was the fear, fear of failure. Because I get one shot to the first round draft picks nine. 
And if I screw up, my odds of getting let go quicker are, are much greater. And so I let all those mindset limitations, Nancy, get the best of me. And it's why my, my pro baseball career lasted as short as it did. Well, I can definitely um, relate to that from starting an independent agency and being out on your own and not having the backing of a, a Mercer or an Aon or, you know, some of the big, the big names is that, um, you really can get in your own head and doubt your ability to do those things because everyone's telling you you can't and you're not good enough. So it is a struggle to maintain that positive mindset. Part of that belief that we were talking about is how do you how do you stay strong in your mind and believe that you are doing the right thing and that you are good enough? So it's definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. Well, and to your point, I think especially in our industry, everybody is looking at everybody else and saying, okay, what are they doing to win? What is she doing to win? What's the perfect script? Oh, he's got the perfect email script that gets appointments. Quit looking at what everybody else is doing and just do it your way. Mm -hmm. There are no rules. Just do it the way you want to do it. And if you put enough passion and effort and conviction behind it, good things will happen. And if you're really authentic and true to yourself, I yeah. believe that that's the other key because a lot of people aren't they're not embracing who they are. They're embracing who they think they should be. Correct. And I think that that most people can feel that. So there's a big difference there. Okay. So once baseball, once you'd come to the conclusion that baseball was probably not going to pay the bills for a lifetime, what was your next move? Yeah. Great question. I was actually told baseball is not going to be my, uh, <laughs> my future when they give you that pink slip in the locker. And if anybody's watched any baseball movie where they talk about the pink slip, it is true. You literally have a pink slip in your locker. Um, yeah, I got into life insurance, retirement planning. And it was a, a friend of mine ran a general agency in Wisconsin and he said, Hey, you should come try this thing out. And right away I realized Nancy, a couple things. I suck at selling life insurance. Um, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not like sitting at kitchen tables at 6 p.m. at night. And I struggled. I was still in the depths of these mindset limitations, right? And I, I struggled to go, I'm 22 and I'm telling a 55-year-old how to invest their money? Really? And so I, I plowed through that for about a year and a half. And then through happenstance and circumstances, that general aid, the guy who hired me had to retire, all the stuff that happened. I left and I went to go work for a captive insurance company that sold property, casualty, life insurance, disability, health insurance. And I realized there, again, I still was very bad at selling life insurance, but I got really good at selling health insurance. And that, those numbers, those, my numbers under the health insurance bucket always were off the charts. And so I quick about five or six years after or spending time at this insurance company, I realized health insurance is going to be my future. And so what I realized why health insurance is such a, why I had a passion around it. And I think you're the same way, Nancy is one of all the insurances I think that can be sold. That one's has the biggest impact on somebody's life. And as an advisor, your ability to impact an employee's life through education, through the change you can see from this consumer who has zero clue about utilizing their health insurance program effectively, when you give them that confidence, that ability, that empowerment, that holy crap, I can make good decisions and here's how I do it, it's life-altering for families. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I went from selling automotive parts to selling health insurance. <laughs> and, and there was a brief moment in there where they were trying to get me to do the life insurance thing too. And I'm like, I mean, I understand it and I can sell it, but you kind of have to twist my arm. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But um, it's not something that that I have a passion around as I do love the, the employee benefits, the medical insurance, because I always felt like I was helping people I was helping businesses, I was helping families, I was helping employees. And so, and that hasn't changed. I've been doing this for <laughs> a long time. Um, and I still feel that. I still feel every time that I place a policy, I'm actually doing something good for somebody. Oh, and so there's, there's a lot of power behind that, I think. Absolutely. Let, let's face it, that decision you're helping an employer make may keep somebody out of bankruptcy as an individual, and it may keep that company keeping its doors open. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you've been on the broker side for a while, not doing that anymore. So how did you make the decision to go from working as an agent to starting your own business, doing something completely different? That's a great question. Cause people often ask like, you know, what is it you do, right? Everybody wants to know what is it you do? And I realized as an advisor, especially since the move to Colorado in building my brand, I was able to create a ton of attention for my brand, which led to a lot of unbelievable prospecting opportunities. Uh, sometimes it was attention I didn't deserve, quite frankly. I think that's one thing in our industry is it's easy to get attention, but is it real attention? Is it deserved? And I, I admit for a while there, I was getting attention that I didn't deserve. But my ability to get on stage, my ability to be on social media, my ability to put myself out there led to opportunities to win business that I would have never dreamed about. Now, I tell people, Nancy, I'm not the greatest closer. That's why I have not sold the most insurance ever. But what I had the ability to do, a unique ability to do, was create a lot of awareness and a lot of opportunity. And so about two and a half years ago, I had some colleagues come up to me and say, hey, I really want to become a better speaker. Would you help me put a talk together? So I would help them. Well, it led to somebody saying, well, I want to hire you and actually pay you to do it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I had my first paying client about two years ago. And what I quickly realized, Nancy, is this. It's not advisors wanting to learn how to speak. They have no message. <laughs> zero. They, they have zero game plan to really figure out who are you trying to do business with anyways? What are you saying to them that's going to attract the right prospects to you? And then what's your model to put yourself in the best position to win? I can't guarantee you're going to win them all, but what are you doing to create such a good message that at the end of the day, you are putting yourself in the best position to win? And I, that is what so many agencies, so many advisors struggle with today. They're going far and wide with their prospecting. They don't actually know who they're trying to get. I've actually had advisors say this. When I ask, who is your ideal prospect? They say, anybody willing to say yes to me. You have to know who you're trying to attract and with the right message, go find them. And really at the end of the day, it's what led me to the coaching. Where the coaching program sits today is it comes back to, you need to be shining on screen because we do business this way now. Mm -hmm. You need to be shining on stage, whether that's speaking or in the boardroom presenting, and you need to be shining on social media. I don't care what you think about social media. If your prospects are on it, you need to be on it. Yeah, because they're going to see somebody else who is. Bingo. If you're, um, if you're not going to do it, somebody else will. Yeah. So yeah. I, I had, I, I was debating whether to put this up there because mom, 
Mom always likes to chew. So, but as you know, I do love cars. And she loves motorcycles. And motorcycles. So anything that can go fast, I pretty much love it. So anyway, make it gave me a chuckle. So I had to share that one. Um, okay. So two years ago, you started as um, just coaching people how to speak, essentially. And I can tell you from personal experience, he's very good at it. If anybody's looking for a coach, somebody to spend time with them, he's your guy. Um, but now you have actually built upon that. And now you have another piece of your business, the Broker Branding Academy. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And it's even evolved into Broker Branding Excellence with, I know, with I love somebody it. else you know very well, Ryan yes. Miller. Um, yeah. I, I realized, like I said, you know, what when I sat down, Nancy, it took me a long time to get there to this point. I sat down and I said, when I go back to the day I started building my brand at Vogue Bell, what were the steps I took to get to where I am today? And I, I realized that it started with understanding who you are. What's your personal brand? And you talked about this earlier. I think there's unfortunately too many advisors in the industry that are willing to be whoever they need to be to win business. And that's not how we do business. Figure out who you are. How are you going to go show up every day and go attract people who like that? Number two, who's your ideal target? Who are you going after? And then what are you saying to them? And once you know what you're saying to them, what their story is, and when you and I have talked about the book, Building a Story Brand, if you've never yep. read the book, go get it right now. It 100%. is possibly the greatest book ever written about storytelling. It is. But once you know that story of your ideal prospect, your job is to go share it far and wide. Webinars, emails, social media, speaking, it's got to be on your website, podcasts, anything that to put that message out there, because if you share it far, it's about exponential awareness, Nancy. That's what this game is today is exponential awareness. If you are still picking up the phone and that's your only method of prospecting, you, you at most call one prospect at a time. Somebody yeah. who doesn't even know who you are. Mm -hmm. You can do that with door knocks, knock on somebody's door, leave marketing slicks. It's probably one person who has no clue who you are or like you have done so well, you can start to create exponential awareness where your message is getting in front of dozens, if not hundreds of your prospects at one time. And if you do it long enough and be patient enough, they start coming to you. And so the Academy is just bringing a group of advisors together in a mastermind format who want to accomplish all I just mentioned, because when you stand out in your market, you become the authority. And when I say authority, I don't mean you dominate the market. None of us are big enough to do that, but you are the authority of the people you attract. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I see um, a common challenge, and it's not just in our industry, it's in marketing across many industries is there's, there's two parts to it. If, when you're on social media, you really shouldn't be actively selling. You should be providing value, giving insight to who you are, allowing people to connect with you at some level. And then when you're actually in front of the client, you need to be listening 75% of the time and talking 25% of the time. And I find that a lot of people really get that mixed up and that they're on social media selling. And then when they're in front of the client, they're just talking about themselves and their capabilities. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's just my two cents, but that's what I see. No, I love that because I smiled when you said the whole, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, yep. right? 
And to the, to your point, you know, on, on social media, and I remember hearing Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this once, you need to earn the right to sell on social media. What do I mean by that? If you're putting up out enough content, that's just giving value once in a while, you can throw a call to action out there. And to your point about brokers get in the meetings, or again, it can be any, any sales position. It is, it amazes me how often they spend time just talking about them and their agency or their company. And like you said, their capabilities, Nancy, your agency cannot compete with the big boys in our industry on capabilities and resources. No. So you've got to be different. How you be different is just by listening and telling the story of the prospect. And I don't know about you, but I have been guilty in my career, to your point, of listening. But I'm only listening and waiting for my chance to speak because what I'm about to say is going to be so good. And never once did I actually listen to what the prospect was saying. Yeah. And, and there's a fundamental difference between listening and waiting to talk. Waiting. That's a great point. There's a big difference between listening and waiting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I see that a lot. And I, I've certainly been guilty of it as yep. well. Um, yep. But I think when we're aware of it, we tend to be less guilty of it. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. I still, I'm like so excited to share something. I'm probably not listening as well as I should be, but I, I try to be a lot more aware of that. Okay. So now you have, we've gone from minor league baseball player to life insurance salesman to broker to now you have your own coaching business. What's your big scary goal for the next 10 years? Woo! Build an empire. I love it. Now, um, what I see, where I see the opportunity here right now is I will be totally honest with you, Nancy, when I started the coaching business, and I think this goes for anybody who's been a coach or is a coach, one imposter syndrome sets in. So you're like, who am I to actually coach another advisor on what to do? But then I realized I'm just coaching. I'm teaching them what I taught myself, what I did for myself. I didn't go buy some magic course. I didn't go, I know I just started doing the work and failed a lot at it. But what happened was when I started witnessing advisors and agencies who apply what I'm teaching and all of a sudden they're winning business they've never won before, um, the confidence of putting themselves out on a video when a year ago they were deathly afraid of it. Right. Like those results, that's when I realized I was onto something. So where do we go here? Well, one, you saw that Ryan Miller and I did an event together. So we're really excited. We're, we're working on building the broker branding excellence community, which is going to be a great venture. But I see this being a model of if you want marketing done right, if you want to learn how to market in 2021, I now know what I am coaching works. And so my goal as we move forward is I want to build not only what I'm coaching, but I want to build the whole team around that that can actually become your go-to resource for the marketing that you need to win in 2021. The best, the best analogy I can give you, and I've been using this a lot lately, Nancy, there's a book out there called Talk Like Ted. Carmine Gallo wrote it. And if I remember, Carmine was Steve Jobs' speaking coach. And Steve Jobs is known for his le legendary Apple keynotes. And in the book, he gives the analogy of how almond milk became really popular. And I think I have this right. I love here's, almond milk. <laughs> here's how it goes. Before almond milk, oat milk, and all the other kinds right. of milk out there now, what did we have? We had whole, skim, one, and 2%. Yep. In fact, we there's at one point, we didn't have skim, right? Right. So you go down a milk aisle, and what do you see? Milk, 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 milk. 
all of a sudden somebody's going down the aisle and they go milk, 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 almond milk. The hell's that? I want to try that. That's what you need to look like in the industry. Broker, 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 broker. What's almond that? broker? <laughs> that looks different. And that's how the, the independent advisors in our market are going to win business. You have to be and look different. I think that that is phenomenal. So, you know, I want to go back to your point about the imposter syndrome, because I think that that's a very real thing and it doesn't just apply in the coaching space. Although the one thing I have noticed because I'm active in a lot of different communities, just trying to understand what people are looking for, what resonates. And there is a proliferation right now of coaches of every ilk. And the, the issue I see with the coaches is that um, I'm hearing an echo. Are you getting it? I'm good on my end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It must just be my headphones. Um, the, the issue I see with a lot of coaches is they're coaching about something they've never done before. Hmm. Yeah. So I see business coaches that have never owned a business. I see speaking coaches that have never spoke. So that's one of the things I believe that gives you and Ryan um, such credibility is that you're speaking from personal experience and you're coaching from personal experience. Um, it had such an impact on me that I actually changed my my LinkedIn headline that says, now it says, I'm, I'm your employee benefits coach. I'm going to coach you how to build your own program. Now, mm -hmm. I don't really call myself a coach generally, but I think it's important for people to, to relate to a coach as somebody who's been there and done that before. Well, and I couldn't agree, especially when COVID hit and everybody's business went online, it created a proliferation of coaches. And I agree with you. I think there's people who just latch on to the next. It, it won't be long before we have Bitcoin coaches and NFT coaches and all these new things that are coming out as we as we speak. It's just like right now. Go, go on LinkedIn. How many LinkedIn branding coaches are there? It's like, really? I know who you are and you've been on LinkedIn for eight months. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, you got to be careful with that. And that's where I did when I started my coaching. That's probably where the imposter syndrome set in because I think I viewed myself as a sales coach. And I'm like, wait a second. I haven't sold the most insurance ever. So why am I sales coaching? And then I realized, no, 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 I'm not a sales coach. I'm not teaching you how to close business. I'm not teaching you the perfect scripts. I'm teaching how to put yourself out in front of the world in a way that you love, you feel confident with, and that constantly brings the right prospects into your life. Yeah, I love it. I built that for myself. And so you're right. You got to, as a coach, the first principle of coaching, I, I, I would say, is make sure you walked the talk. <laughs> 100%. Okay. So clearly your baseball career, discipline, mindset have all impacted um, you both professionally, but also physically. And I know mm -hmm. that um, <laughs> Nikki's, Nikki chimed in with a hashtag. I, I know I'm going to start using this, Nikki. Yes, I'm, we got to start that hashtag. Be, be the, the almond, almond milk. milk. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, and I, I saw you posted about this, I think this morning. What do you do now to stay fit? And why do you think it's as important to your business success as it is to your physical health? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've actually preached this to myself for years. So Amy and I had a conversation right when COVID and the lockdown hit last year, about a year ago, we said, we're in a good financial position. So that's not that something, if this thing goes to really goes to hell in a handbasket, we're going to be okay. But then we said, you know what, if there's two things we have to take care of right now, it's our body and our minds. And I I've been used saying this a lot, Nancy, we've used the phrase, the have and the have nots for a long time to describe those who have money and those who don't. Right. 
I think the new way that's going to be used is for those that get bulletproof here and those that don't. With everything we've got going on right now, this is the number one asset you have. But when it comes to physical health, I honestly never really lost that uh, since playing professional sports. But really where it became a non-negotiable for me is I'm a health insurance advisor. How in the world am I going to walk out to a client and tell them their rates are going up 20% because they're unhealthy if I do not look like a beacon of health? Have you looked around a health insurance conference lately? Point made. And that's where I got really diligent about it for myself personally. It's like, listen, I need to be a beacon of health if I'm going to sell health insurance. Now, I know folks deal with health issues that are out of their control. Totally, 100%. totally understand that. But my point is you got to control what you can control. And if I'm an advisor today selling health insurance, talking about companies' health and people's health, I better sure as hell take care of myself. And that's yeah. just led me to where I am today. Today, it's a non-negotiable in my life. I, I don't even have to wake up and go, am I going to work out? Am I not? No, no, no. It's just something I do. And I, yeah. and I know you're that way and so many others are, but it's got to be a non-negotiable in your life. Well, and I, I have had that same attitude for, for many years, and it's always been very frustrating for me to, to watch generally middle-aged white males stand on stage that are carrying at least 50 pounds all in their belly, the most unhealthy place ever, go out at night, drink like fiends, smoke and eat terrible, and then talk to people about a 20% increase. So I think we have a responsibility to model that behavior because that's the only way we can speak to our community about you have personal responsibility in this as well. Now, Agreed. like you say, there's things that are out of their control, but they can control what they put in their mouth and they can control physical activity. And that doesn't have to cost anything. Go for a walk, you know, um, a walk around your house, walk outside, do whatever it takes, but be participatory in your own healthcare outcomes. I'm actually going to lift the hood on something that will be coming that I'm excited to talk about. One of the biggest frustrations I've always had, Nancy, when I attend industry conferences, the masterminds I've been a part of, is it is let's go as long and hard as we can, go have a steak dinner at eight o'clock, drink a lot, and then show up late for the, the event the next morning because I drank too much. There's no time ever spent on life balance, eating well, thinking well. And so one of the main reasons I started the coaching business was, yes, I'm going to teach you how to put yourself out there, attract the right prospects. But this is more than just selling insurance. It's about living life. And so one thing I'm excited, we were working on it until COVID hit, is creating experiential retreats for advisors where, yeah, we're going to have a conference. We're going to have a mastermind, but it's not what you're used to. It's, we're going to get a lot of work done. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to experience life. We're going to eat well. We're going to think well. And I'm looking for those advisors who want to do that. And so I'm excited because that, that is something that's coming down the road. And it's purely out of what you just mentioned. Our industry yeah. has been stuck in this conference cycle of this is, well, this is, this is just how we run them. And it doesn't have to be the way life life's more important than that. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Okay. Um, so we have gone off track as I generally do anytime <laughs> I'm talking to somebody because I'm so interested. So I'll just go straight to my five burning questions so uh, I can let you <clears throat> wrap up. I always start my number one question is the same every single time. What is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? 
Now I can. No. Yeah, I, I, I'm an easy guy. If somebody asks what's my dinner bef- the, the day, be- you know, my, my last day on this planet, bison burgers, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts. Oh, my God. You and my son are going to be BFFs. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Okay. So what's the one character trait you admire most in people and why? The willingness to show up as themselves, that that I call it authenticity, where they just don't care what other people think. And they just they are just them, their true self every single day. Yep. I love that. Okay. So what's the one character trait you possess that you're most proud of and why? I I it's the superpower question, right? It is. Mine's consistency. Um, you might be smarter than me. You might have more money, more resources than me, but I will, pardon my language, kick your ass because I'll keep going when you stop. Yep. Consistency and tenacity. Yep. Because you got, you have to be able to push through the, the yep. pain, if you yep. will. And that, it doesn't necessarily mean physical pain. It just means some things are painful and you have to keep going. You have to go right through them. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So if you could magically get everybody to do one thing to become a better speaker, what would it be? Tell stories, <laughs> prepare and tell stories. It's, you know, if you, if you focus 80% of any talk, any presentation on stories, your business will change forever. So why do you think that so many people get up on stage or in a conference room and they have not prepared or practiced? They don't think they have to, um, especially in our industry. I think people get asked to speak at an industry event or Sherm chapter or whatever, and they just go up there and they do three simple things. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Here's what I'm going to present to you today. By the way, I can sit down. You could read my entire PowerPoint. I actually don't have to present. And then they just start going through their presentation. They don't tell stories. They speak at their audience. They don't have a conversation with. Those that have Kareem Cade, that man knows how to have a conversation with. And if you can do that, you have captivated them. They are sitting in that room going, this guy, this woman is just like like me. I like her. And that's when everything changed. That's when the people in the audience take action with you. I love it. Okay. Here's the big one. What's your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? I don't think it's a surprise anymore because I share it so much now. Um, our dog's 15 and every day that it's nice out, I walk her in her stroller. I love that. I see, I see your pictures of it. It's so cute. She can only walk so far these days. So we take her a little farther in the stroller. What kind of dog do you have? We don't like, she, like, she is a mix of everything. It's, it's dachshund or no beagle, Rottweiler, golden, like, we were shocked to find out what she is, but we call her a Maisie. That's her name. She's a Maisie because she's a mix of everything. So I somebody told me, and it might have even been on one of these um, uh, LinkedIn lives, that the, if you like do the DNA thing on your dog, there's there's a category that's actually called a super mutt. Like the strains are so small of each of each breed that they actually are now called super mutts. Well, so quick story. So she's about thirty pounds, so she's not a big dog. We were convinced, if you look at her, there's three breeds that come to mind right away. Beagle, Dachshund, because she's low and long, right. and Basset Hound, because she's got the weird legs. So we're like, that's got to be it. So when she, for her 14th birthday, we said, let's get her tested. Let's see what she is. Beagle, Rottweiler. Rottweiler? What? <laughs> and Golden and like Chesapeake, or Ridgeback, what's the Ridgeback? Rhodesian like, Ridgeback, Rhodesian, yeah. Like all these, we're like, What? We thought for sure uh, Bassett and Dachshund, nothing. So 
That's so funny. I love it. Okay. Last question. And then we will wrap up. Who is the one person that you've met on LinkedIn um, or somebody that does a podcast that you would most like to meet in real life? Man, um, I'm going to say just the first name that came to my mind. I actually got to interview him for my podcast, Anthony Trucks. You know, in our world today, you can know somebody, but never actually meet them. Right. Right. right? I have yet to meet the man. I've had him um, on my, the guy, you talk about energy. He used to play, he was an NFL linebacker. Um, I think if I just spent, got to spend 20 minutes with that guy, he would light you up in a way that you couldn't imagine. He's that energetic. He and Kareem together would actually cause a room to start on fire. Okay. So those are your two dream <laughs> guests for your next broker retreat. And I'm in it. Kareem, you got to come and speak at the retreat, man. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Is there anything that you would like to, um, some uh, parting wisdom that you'd like to share and also how people can get in touch with you if they want to learn more yeah, about yourself? I would just say, you know, it's the theme of what we've been talking about, Nancy, you know, hashtag be the almond milk. I think if you want to win business today and actually have a business you're proud and you love, it can't be just about this. Just be yourself, show up, Put yourself out on LinkedIn, but let people get to know you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the subject matter expert all the time. Just be you. And I promise if you just show up as you every way in your life and your business, you're going to attract the right people and the right prospects into your business. And last, because I this is where I failed in baseball, quit worrying about what others are thinking. Quit comparing yourself. Just do you. Yeah. Well, we've got Kareem wrapped up. So now you just get <laughs> so, so now we just need to, to, to nail down Anthony Trucks. <laughs> Andy, it has been such a pleasure. Um, it's just I, I'm thrilled to have you on here. I've thrilled I'm thrilled to have gotten to know you better over these last few months. And for anybody that's on the fence about any of Andy's Andy's programs, wants to know more, reach out to me. I'd be happy to, to tell you more about my experience. But um, the one thing I can tell you is he is exactly who he says he is, and you will get more out of his programs than you would ever anticipate. So thank you again. And until next week, everyone, make it a great day. Thanks. Thanks, Nancy.